Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Pastor Philip Nelms of Renaissance Christian Fellowship, and I want to personally welcome you to our podcast channel. We would be honored for you to like and share our podcast channel on your preferred podcast outlet and social media. Thanks for taking time to listen, and I pray you are blessed by today's message. Please stay tuned to the end of the podcast where you can find additional information about this ministry and our teaching resources. I hope you enjoy the message. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 17 through verse 20. And this is King James Version. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, or that's Timothy, who's my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Okay, I want you to remember that word everywhere. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Paul wrote here that there were men in the church in Corinth who were saying that Paul was not going to come back to them. And apparently these same men were coming off prideful and arrogant. I guess they were trying to sort of take over and be the boss and with all of their supposed spiritual knowledge. And so basically what they were doing is trying to usurp the Apostle Paul's place while he was gone, while he was out of town. But Paul wrote and said in his letter, I am coming back to you, and when I get there, we will see just how spiritual these men truly are, and it won't be based on empty words, but in how they operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me turn to uh, Scripture, if you would. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, and it says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So again, the writer is saying that the way that we know the manner of men or who men are in in this church, it is not based on just the words that they speak, But does the power of the Holy Spirit operate in them? It's not, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So the kingdom of God is not to just be represented with teaching and preaching, but there is supposed to be a demonstration of power that comes with those words. And so tonight, uh, I'm starting a new teaching. I don't know if this will be a a one-hit wonder, if we'll go on more. But uh, tonight, we're calling this teaching... The Ministry of Signs and Wonders. The Ministry of Signs and Wonders. And just to go ahead and lay it out there right at the beginning, okay, the Ministry of Signs and Wonders is really all about evangelism. Okay, It is about preaching the word to the unsaved and then demonstrating the power 
of the kingdom of God with signs following so that those who are lost will have evidence that God is real. Okay, if you remember Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So God never intended faith to be blind. Faith is to be based on substance and on evidence. God will back up his word. Now, every time I teach something, every time I, I, I bring a new teaching, I always worry a little bit, and I, I try to keep in mind uh, how is this teaching going to translate into something practical to the hearer. So I, I don't want it just to be about knowledge. So when we teach here, the teaching is supposed to impart something to you that changes you. Okay, there's a, there has to be a practical outflow of this teaching. The Word says that knowledge alone puffs people up. All, right, it, it just, all it does is bring pride. Okay, mere knowledge will make men prideful like those men at Corinth were. And so that's why Paul said, well, when I get there, you prideful men, you know, we'll see what manner of men you are, right? Whether or not those are just mere words or is there power there to back it up? So power was the key. Power was the thing that the Apostle Paul was going to use to judge these men. We do need to be trained in the Word, but not for the sake of just having more knowledge on top of more knowledge. Okay, the Word is supposed to change us on the inside. And those changes should produce fruit. And that fruit should be something that changes how we do things. So tonight I am going to teach you from the Word. I want you to keep a mindset of, okay, how does this information apply to me? How should this information change me and how I'm doing life? Can you guys do that for me tonight? All right, if you've got your Bibles again, let's go to Mark chapter 16. And I'm going to start in verse 15. And I'm going to read verse 15 to verse 20. He said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Remember I said, remember the word everywhere. Paul said, what I do, what I preach, I do this everywhere. So what Jesus is telling his disciples to do, they went out and they did it everywhere. In other words, it changed them. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. All right, so the instructions that Jesus gave the apostles completely changed the way that they did ministry. Okay, they did begin to do what Jesus told them everywhere they went, just like Jesus said to do. Okay, it became their new lifestyle. 
they didn't go to work five days a week and have their secular life and then Saturday off and then church on Sunday where we talk about these things. Okay, they became the word. The word inside of them grew up and it produced a fruit. It changed them. The word just didn't sit in them idle is the point. It changed them across all segments of their life. So it didn't matter where they were. didn't matter who they were with. This is what they did, what Jesus told them to do. It's a, they didn't just talk about it at church. They went out and they did it, and they did it everywhere. It's what we call the Great Commission. It's the last charge that Jesus gave to his church. The Great Commission from our Lord Jesus Christ is not just to preach the good news of the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel with power, or in other words, with signs following. You understand the, the Great Commission is, is evangelism. Okay, The ministry of signs and wonders is part of the Great Commission from Jesus, and its purpose is to confirm to unbelievers the truth of the gospel. In other words, the primary purpose of the ministry of signs and wonders is evangelism. Okay, and when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out with power and told them, work signs and wonders. And he told them, you're to preach that the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come to those that you're speaking to. And then likewise, Jesus has sent us out into this world with those same instructions to preach the gospel and to demonstrate the kingdom of God with signs following, not just words. The kingdom of God is not about words alone, but about power. All right, the point being, when we're trying to reach the lost, those people who don't know Jesus, and they don't know about the Holy Spirit, they don't know about this power, we are to demonstrate signs among them. Those people need to see evidence of who Jesus is. And it is the power of God operating through his people that differentiate Christians from all other religions. And this command is not just about preachers. Jesus didn't just say this to the fivefold ministers. This wasn't just to pastors and evangelists and teachers and apostles. This is those who, what? Believe. These signs will follow them who believe. So the command is to believers. How many in here are believers? All hands should be up. This is about the people that you encounter every day and everywhere. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 17, and I'll read to verse 19. It says, and there was, and this is Jesus standing in, standing in the temple. He took the scroll, and he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. He's reading the scroll about himself, all right? It says, and there was delivered unto him, under Jesus, unto Jesus, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, Jesus said that this scripture was about him. 
So this was Jesus' call and his ministry. And Jesus said that we, his church, are to be his hands and his feet in the earth. We're his body. And he has anointed us to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to pray for the blind to receive their sight, to set free those who are bruised. Okay, the great commission that was given to Jesus is the same commission that Jesus has given to us. We are not to be so much a people of theology as we are to be a supernatural people. All right, we are to tell people about the goodness of God, and then we're to pray with them for whatever they need. And then we are to expect God to show up on the scene. Okay, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8 says this, And as you go, preach, saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. The confirmation of the disciples preaching that the kingdom of God had come was to be signs and wonders worked by them. And for us, it is to be no different. Okay, we are called not just to preach to people. We are. We're, we're to preach the gospel of the kingdom. That's what the Lord told him to do. And then perform signs. We're not just supposed to tell people about Jesus. We're supposed to be witnesses. Not just witnesses in word, but witnesses with demonstrations of power. Okay, we are called to pray for people that are in the world. We're, we're to pray for lost people and to expect God to show up with power. I, I know that sounds a little bit scary. You will have to learn how to step out in faith to do it. Okay, and we'll talk about some ways that you, know, you can begin to do that uh, in a little bit. But start going with someone who's bold. You know, don't go by yourself and do this team up. If you're an introvert, find you, you know, an extrovert who knows, uh, you know, what he's doing or what she's doing and, and begin talking, just begin talking to people. John 4.45 says this, then he was come into Galilee, talking about Jesus, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast so Jesus came again unto Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and he besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Okay, Jesus tells us right here that men believe when they see signs and wonders. All right, I used to look at this verse in the scripture as a rebuke by Jesus, but it really isn't. It is just simply a statement of fact. Now, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for demanding that he show them signs and wonders, but he did that because 
the Pharisees were already supposed to know. They were already supposed to believe. As a matter of fact, Jesus had already demonstrated signs and wonders in front of them to prove who he was. They just chose not to believe. But Jesus never rebuked the lost for wanting to see signs and wonders. The lost are carnal. They're unsaved. They don't, their, their spirit is not open to the voice of God. They need something physical. Unsaved people don't have faith yet. Jesus used the ministry of signs and wonders throughout his earthly ministry, and he also gave it to us as part of the Great Commission. Okay, it's clear. There's no question in this. Now, people will make you think that it's not clear. I've already read you the scriptures. Preaching the gospel and then having our words, in other words, the words of Jesus that we speak, having those words confirmed by the Holy Spirit, by the ministry of signs and wonders, is one of the things that causes men to believe. Okay, this is about evangelism. All right, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, I'll read to verse 25. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all of Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Okay, the multitudes followed Jesus because of why? The miracles. They followed him because of the signs and the wonders. And the same power, the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, now lives on the inside of us. And we are to be anointed by the Holy Spirit for power to also operate in these signs and wonders. It was by the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon Jesus that he performed signs and wonders. And it is by the anointing of the Holy Ghost on us that we will perform signs and wonders. Again, it's all about evangelism. This is about the great harvest of souls. Okay, the world actually wants to see proof. And God is merciful to the lost. He wants them to know Jesus. And we are supposed to show them. We're supposed to be witnesses. Acts 2.22 You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. What was it that God was trying to prove to men about Jesus? Uh, Okay, it's pretty simple. God was simply trying to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He'd come as the Savior of the world. And God did that through Jesus, by signs and wonders. And God still wants to prove to the world that Jesus is Savior. And he does that 
through the same working of miracles, signs, and wonders through us. You want to know why the world doesn't really believe? Because we don't really believe. Because if we really believed, these signs would follow those who believe. And whether we believe it yet or not, the Word tells us that we can really do these things just like Jesus did and just like the disciples did. We can display God's power by the Holy Spirit. But it takes faith and it takes courage. We can't just learn about it and talk about it in church. At some point, we have to step out and we have to do it. We have to witness to and pray for unsaved people and expect that God will show up. All right, And I know when I say that, the thought that immediately comes to you, because it, it comes to me as well, is this. Well, what if I pray for someone and nothing happens? Well, what if you pray for someone and something does happen? The scripture says, you, you have a job. You have a job to go out and preach the word and then begin to pray for those things to happen for people. And then it's now God's job to back it up. The healing part is not on you. See, that's the, that's the deception of the enemy. You think, well, I, I'm not Jesus. I can't heal people. You know, I don't have any power on me. Well, you're partly right. You, without him, you can do nothing. But you're not without him. You, you, you have him. You have the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says you can do all things through Christ, which means the anointing, who gives you strength. His strength is a grace and anointing of the Holy Spirit for power. Samson was anointed with strength. Okay, think like that. When you go out there and you speak the word of God and you begin to pray for it, for people, for miracles to happen, for healings to happen, for whatever they need, that strength, that grace comes upon you. Now that's God's job. That's when he steps up and goes, okay, now it's my turn. Sometimes faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. There is a chance that you could step out and you could fall flat on your face. If that happens, you get up and you keep moving. You keep witnessing and you keep praying for people. Acts 4.29, and I'm going to read, I think, through verse 33. It says, And now, Lord... Behold their threatenings. Okay, this is a prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness that they may speak the word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Remember, the Lord said you're to be witnesses. Well, this is what being a witness looks like. 
with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Well, what did they do first? How did they get it? It's really simple. They prayed. That was a prayer. The scripture says, we have not because we ask not. So have you asked God to use you in this way? Have you prayed like the apostles prayed? What God's done for others, he'll do for you. He's just waiting for you to ask. He really is. Okay, when the apostles prayed, they asked God for three things. They asked for boldness to speak. You know, that's one thing is that we're afraid to open our mouths. Like we're afraid to go out and talk to the lost. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm being honest with, with me. All right, I don't know about you, but because we're afraid of what they're going to think about us, we're afraid how they're going to act. So how do you do that? Well, if you have the boldness of the Holy Spirit, it becomes easy. All right, so they ask for boldness. Number two, they ask for healing power. And number three, they ask for the working of signs and wonders. And God granted them their request. When they prayed, it said, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And it was so powerful, the whole place was shaken. An earthquake happened. I'm not saying that earthquakes always going to happen. That was a sign that God gave then for us. The Lord wants to anoint you with earth-shaking power. And then the scripture says that after they prayed this prayer, the place physically shook, the Holy Ghost fell upon them, then they spoke the word with boldness. Then they were of one heart. Okay, there was no division among them. They were also moved to give. And as a result, great grace and great power was upon them. Okay, the scripture tells us that where there is division and strife, there's every evil work. Okay, the scripture also tells us that faith works by love. All right, so we need to take note of that. Okay, we're to ask God for power, but there's, there's some things that we've got to watch too. Okay, we have to walk in unity. We need to walk in love. We need to give generously, and you must stay in faith. Okay, Acts 2.42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So continuing in the apostles' doctrine meant that they listened to the word of the Holy Spirit that was being preached from the apostles. They're talking about the people, all right? And then they were doers of that word. They heard the word and they did it. That's how you continue in the doctrine. You hear it and you do it. They fellowshiped with one another, meaning there was no division among them. Then they were doers of the word and not hearers only. And they stepped out and they took the risk. And as a result... There were many signs and wonders that was worked in their midst. And this is how God has designed it. When the Holy Spirit begins to move through us by signs and wonders, it does require a higher level of, of accountability. And some people don't walk in this because they're actually afraid of it. They're, they're afraid of higher accountability. 
many people are happy with the status quo. They they like the way that things are. You know, they prefer things to be kind of calm. And so they don't want to go there. Many people walk in things like pet sins. They they don't want to give up pet sins. And and when these things begin to happen, people get scared. Not everyone ran to them. A lot of people ran away from them. Do you remember what happened with Ananias and Sapphira? In case you don't remember, they lied. It says they lied to the Holy Spirit and they fell dead. That's actually in the very next chapter of Acts chapter 5. And then after Ananias and Sapphira fell dead in public, lots of people ran off because they were scared. They didn't want to be next. But when this happened, the power increased even more. And then the growth of the church increased even more. Sometimes you can increase by decreasing. Sometimes you need to get Jonah off your boat. There's people that are around you that are holding you back. All right. And when the power of the Holy Spirit shows up, lots of times it's a dividing line. Churches split when the Holy Spirit shows up. Over in Acts 5, next chapter, starting in verse 14, this is after Ananias and Sapphira. It says, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. Remember, this is evangelism. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and with them, uh, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. They were healed every one. There was not a single person that did not get healed. And the result of this was that multitudes of men and women accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they received salvation. They joined the church. And at the end of the day, that is what it's all about. This is about evangelism. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, How shall we escape if we, neg- if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. It really is God's will to work signs and wonders through you, little old you. It is his will that in the earth all should come to salvation and that none should perish. And Jesus did say that we would do even greater works than he did. Don't think just because Jesus did it, you can't. He said, you'll do this and you'll do even greater. All right, Romans fifteen eighteen. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. This is the Apostle Paul talking about his ministry to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were obviously the unsaved. Verse 19, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem 
and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. Paul preached and he worked signs in places where the gospel had not yet been preached. All right, once again, showing that this is an evangelistic ministry tool. Not to say now that healing and deliverance is not available to you. Uh, Of course it is. All right, you can have whatsoever things you desire. Just when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's Mark 11, 24, right? Okay, but the ministry of signs and wonders is about reaching others. It's about reaching the lost. In other words, don't just hoard it all on yourself. You need to share it. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. It says, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders, in mighty deeds. You guys, have I given you enough scripture tonight? All right, some Christians will try to argue that signs have ended or that it was only for the apostles and that this has passed away. Don't let anyone talk you out of this. It is part of Jesus' commission to us for preaching the gospel, and the gospel has not finished being preached. When we're done preaching the gospel, maybe this will stop. All right, remember that the Scripture tells us that these signs shall follow them that believe. If you are a believer, then this is for you. It's not all up to God, and it's not necessarily just to those who are called to the fivefold ministry. It's not just for the apostle. It's not just for the teacher and the evangelist. This is for the body of Christ. The working of signs and wonders It will be more prominent in places where the gospel has not been heard before. That's what Paul was saying. And this is why there's more miracles that happens in areas outside of the United States. Because so many in this country have already heard the gospel and many times rejected the gospel, like the Pharisees were rejecting Jesus. But not as many as you think. We are not a post-Christian nation yet. But we are becoming a pre-Christian nation again. But that just means now there's more opportunity to preach and to demonstrate the power of God to the lost among you. Unbelief will greatly hinder the working of signs and wonders, just as it did in Jesus' own ministry when he could do no mighty works in his own hometown even though the scripture says the power was present there to heal. And it was because of their unbelief. But they weren't unbelievers. They just didn't accept and believe Jesus. But the unsaved world, they really do want to see proof. Okay, They're tired of intellectual arguments. They want to know what makes your Christian faith different from all of those other religions out there. And God doesn't mind that. He said, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The nations are the unsaved. And that comes by the preaching of the gospel with signs following. Now, 
I know all that sounds really big. That's really challenging. The point of the school of the Spirit is not just to learn about these things with head knowledge, but to figure out how is this going to change me? How am I going to begin to adjust my life if I believe this to begin to walk in this? Now, we were once with you know, a body of believers. We were in some schooling where one of the common things that they did was called treasure hunts. Okay, and what these were, they were, they were training exercises in this. So what they would do, they would, they would plan to go out somewhere public, say something like a mall. You know, we're, we're all going to go out to the mall at 2 o'clock on Saturday, and we're going to have treasure hunts. So this is how they prepared for a treasure hunt. So you would break up with like two or three people. Okay, if you had a group of 20 people, you don't all go out and rush one person at the mall, right? They'll call the cops on you. You, you just get, when Jesus sent out disciples, he sent out two at a time. So get two people, two or three people. And what you would do is you would sit down, and there was a paper that you would fill out. It already had some pre-filled information with some blanks on it. What you would do, you would get together, you would pray, and say, Lord, show us someone that we can witness to and that we can demonstrate signs and wonders to. And so you would go through that listening exercise where you would listen for the leading of the Lord you know, sometimes the, the word of the Lord comes with pictures, you know. But what you would do is the Lord would show you someone. And the paper was designed to write down information that the Lord showed you. So there would be blanks about, you know, this person is, you know, a man or this person is a woman. This person is white, black, Asian, whatever. You know, this person is, you know, tall, short, fat, skinny. Uh, you know, this person may have... Maybe there's some sort of uh, identifying mark on them. Uh, this person will be wearing uh, a yellow jacket and green tennis shoes. Like the Lord would begin to show them, and that's what they would write on the paper. And then they would ask the Lord, what can we pray for them? And the Lord was, would give them words of knowledge like, this person has uh, an injured back. You know, this person has back pain, or this person has neck pain, or, you know, something like that. And then once you had done that, the group would go out, they would break up, and then the treasure hunt was you had to go find that person. And time and time again, that person that you wrote down on your paper would show up. You know, the tall, you know, black man wearing the yellow jacket and the green tennis shoes. I know that's pretty bad fashion sense. It's making a point, right? The Lord would show you something, you would go, I think that's the person. And so you would now you have to approach this stranger and begin to talk to them. You can talk to the Lord about how to do that, you know. But like I said, if, if you're an introvert, you've, not, you, you've never done something like that. Obviously, you team up with someone who has. Team up with an extrovert, right, until, until you get comfortable with that. But you approach the person. You would tell them, you know, you're out praying for people. Maybe you show them what you're doing. Say, look, we're doing this. You know, we're, we're with this school, and, and we do this exercise, and we sat down, and we prayed, and, and this is what we believe the Lord gave us, and, and you fit that description, and the Lord said that you had back pain. Are you having back pain? And almost every time, the person goes, yes, I'm experiencing back pain. You go, can I pray for you? And almost never will they say, no, I don't want anything to do with that. And then they, you would pray for them, and the Lord would always show up and heal them in the middle of the mall, 
a stranger. Okay. The Lord wants them healed, but what the Lord really wants is he wants them saved. Again, it's an evangelism tool. And so once that happened, then you, then you can begin to share. If they don't know Jesus, you need to ask. Maybe they knew Jesus. You know, maybe they're not where they need to be. You know, you, you never know. It's, it's very specific to, to each person. But the point is to evangelize them. If they don't know Jesus, talk to them about Jesus. Try not to leave there without getting them to, you know, begin to pray the prayer of salvation. Like, they just had someone walk up to them with a paper that had their description on it saying, this person has back pain, and you prayed for them, and the back pain left. They're pretty open to the gospel at that point in time. Like, if they didn't, if they'd never seen a miracle happen before, they just saw it now. And the Lord loves to do that through his body, through, through you guys, not big preachers. Okay? As a matter of fact, the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, their primary job is to train you up. Their primary work is inside the church to teach you how to do these things so that you go out and do the work of the ministry. If you don't believe me, that's in the Bible. It doesn't mean that we don't, but the point is, how do we equip you to do this? So I'll, I'll cut that off tonight. We'll stop there. But I, I want you to take this home with you tonight. I want you to pray about this and say, Lord, like I see this, how do I begin to, how do I implement this in my life? And it may just simply be, you know, the Lord may say, hey, when you go back to work Monday, I want you to talk to so-and-so. You know, they're, they're struggling with this thing in their family. You know, what, when you pray for someone, what do you pray for? Well, you pray for whatever it is they need. Okay? Not, ever, not everyone needs a healing. Some people need finances. Some, some people need a, hear, uh, a healing in their family or their marriage, right? But everybody's going through something. So you pray for them. You pray for, it, for whatever they need, and the Lord shows up and he answers that prayer. Now they're open to the gospel. Okay, this is the this is the essence of the ministry of signs and wonders. Amen. Friend, if you've never made Jesus your Savior and Lord, would you please do it today? You can't afford to put it off one more minute. Your eternal destiny depends on knowing Jesus. Whatever situation you may be in, Jesus can take your life and make something beautiful of it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except that he comes through me. And Romans 10.9 tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. So if you would like to know him, repeat this prayer with me today and really mean it from your heart. Say after me, Jesus, I choose this day to make you Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God, sent to the earth to pay the price for my sin by your death. I believe that you were raised from the dead and that you are alive today in heaven. Please take my life and do something great with it. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today and you meant it, then today is your birthday. Today is the day that you were born again into eternal life. 
We suggest that you find a good Bible-believing local church where you can connect with other Christian believers and grow in the Lord. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. This message has been brought to you today free of charge by the friends and ministry partners of Renaissance Christian Fellowship. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you please consider partnering with us to help send the gospel message to others around the world? For more information on how to donate to this ministry, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash rcfworld, or you may send us an email at contactus at rcfworld.org. Again, that's contactus at rcfworld.org. You may give by debit or credit card directly at paypal.me forward slash rcfworld. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash RCF World. Thank you for helping us to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.